Are you cruising through life not always knowing what direction you were headed? Let Live On Purpose with Dr. Paul Jenkins be your guide. Live On Purpose will give you insights into your life and show you how you can become the driver and captain of it. No more aimless wandering. By learning the principles that govern happiness and wealth, you will be able to make personal progress that you have only dreamed possible. And now, here's your host, the shrink who expands your life, Dr. Paul. Hey everybody, welcome back to Live on Purpose Radio. This is Dr. Paul the Shrink who expands your life and I'm here today with a good friend of mine. His name is David Soper. Say hello, David. Hey, how are you everybody? Good to have you with me. Thank um, you for coming. I, I feel uh, privileged and overwhelmed to be on a long list of very distinguished uh, podcast participants. We have had some really fun guests on this show. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I feel, uh, you know, I got to live up to the, uh, the, the you know, all, all that has uh, transpired in the past. So. All the high standards yeah. we've set before you, huh? Exactly. Well, I am fully confident that that's going to happen today. Well, I, f- I feel it too. My brain's on. I'm, I'm uh, very excited to be here. I appreciate the opportunity. That's, that's good. And I'm so glad to hear that your brain's on <laughs> because I'm going <laughs> to pick it a little bit The alternative would be pretty bad. Yeah. <laughs> well, for you listeners, I want to give you a little bit of introduction to who this is. David and I have known each other now for probably six months or so. Yeah. Something like that. At least that. six months. Yeah. I've been doing some consulting with a company that David works with and we've had an opportunity, David, to sit down and and have some some meaningful discussions. Absolutely. Uh, David is a registered investment advisor, and he has a history in banking and finance, and he knows all kinds of things about money. Yes. Which is something that I've learned a lot more about in the last couple of years, but you know what? It still kind of kicks my butt sometimes. For good or bad, right? You've learned some lessons. (laughs) Well, some fairly powerful lessons. Yes. And you know what, David? I was... uh, one of the reasons that I invited you to be on the show with me. There's a couple of reasons. Maybe we'll share them both. One of the reasons, a personal reason, is that I meet with people on a regular basis. And one of the things that they have, that, that my clients have routinely had some struggles with is money. Yeah. And particularly in the area of investing. Now, you and I are both familiar with an author named Robert Kiyosaki. Absolutely. And I think a lot of our listeners are too. He wrote the best-selling book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and then a whole bunch of books after that. I've really enjoyed his insights about money. And one of the things that I learned from Robert Kiyosaki is that there's these quadrants. And it's E-S-B-I. Right. Do you remember those? Yes. And what do those stand for? Do you remember? Well, you know, there's the E is the, the employee mindset uh-huh. or, or, you know, the, uh, working nine to five, uh, kind of his poor dad who mm-hmm. had a, a distinguished academic, uh, you know, career, you know, he had a, a doctorate and, and his whole philosophy was, you know, save in your 401k, save your whole life mm-hmm. and, uh, work for someone. And so, you know, that's, that's mm-hmm. the E and then, and then there's the, uh, you know, the, the self-employed quadrant. That's the S. Yep. Which I have spent most of my professional life in the S quadrant. Right. And that's where you're like an employee, only 
you're in charge of everything too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's um, self-employed. Right. So the next quadrant is the B quadrant. And B is for business. Right. Uh, you can tell you have a good business if you can leave for a month and you come back and things are better than when you left. Yeah, in fact, you you recommended a great book to me, uh, the forty the forty hour the four hour the work four week. hour Not the work 40. week. Yeah, that, you mm-hmm. know that's the four hour work week is a uh, powerful example of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, one of the things that he talks about is checking his email once a week, and knowing that when he checks it, everything he set up for his business is going to be taken care of by what he's left behind. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, only I only wish I could be at that point, but uh, <laughs> that's a great goal to, to try, you know, to aspire well, you to. Take be steps at. toward it, right? Exactly. And then finally is the I quadrant, and ideally, this is where everybody wants to be in terms of their money, right. and that's the investor quadrant. And uh, as Kiyosaki talks about this, it sounds so good and it looks so awesome, and so people jump into investments. Because they want financial freedom, right? right? And they see this as a way, all of the rich people, all of the wealthy people, all of the really truly successful and prosperous people invest. Yes, they do. And so you want to be there. And so I'm going to do an investment, right? And I've done this too, where I jump onto an investment and then later on, I find that I'm a little worse off than I was before. And I learn a lot from those experiences. Yeah. You know, and some of, not all of them go south. But how much do we really know about investing? And so I have a lot of clients. I was, I was getting around to this part, David. I have a lot of clients who are in that kind of a boat. Okay, they've jumped onto something, and a lot of times it's a bandwagon thing. You know, everybody's doing real estate. That means I should invest in real estate. Okay, and so they go, they get into something without being fully informed or without asking all of the right questions. And I see investing as a way to toward financial freedom, economic independence, but it's also a very quick way to get yourself into a lot of trouble. Exactly. And, uh, you know, one of the things I want to talk about today, Dr. Paul is kind of the anatomy of an investment and what what I've learned, uh, in my, in my career. And just to give you a brief background, I started off about 10 years ago, uh, working in the investment world, um, for some bigger broker dealer firms and did that for about four or five years. Um, you know, got my licenses, like the 763. And then uh, from there, I actually uh, got my CFP, which is a certified financial planner. And w- mm-hmm. within the CFP, you know, it's a basically a, a very thorough uh, um, analysis of someone's financial picture. So it covers things, you know, like taxes, estate planning, investments, um, and asset protection. And so you know, it covers the gamut of someone's financial world. Mm-hmm. So that was very, very valuable to me to see, see how all those things interrelate and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, make someone's uh, financial portfolio. So I wanted to start, mm-hmm. though, with a quote, if you, if you okay. let me. Yeah. Uh, this is actually two quotes, one of my favorite quotes. And given the source, uh, you know, some people, uh, you know, might uh, have some, 
questions about it, but, but it's by John D. Rockefeller. Okay. If you know anything about him, uh, he, he was the richest man of all time, uh, mm. based on his net worth, uh, back in the early, uh, 20th century and then early 1900s, mm-hmm. he was worth about, uh, 200 billion in today's dollars. Oh, wow. And as you know, you know, right now, I think it's, it's probably close between a, a, a gentleman in Mexico and then Bill Gates, you know, mm-hmm. the 50 billion and then Buffett's right behind. But, but he said, God gave me my money. I believe the power to make money is a gift from God to be developed and used to the best of our ability for the good of mankind. Having been endowed with the gift I possess, I believe it is my duty to make money and still more money and to use the money I make for the good of my fellow man, according to the dictates of my conscience. Mm. So uh, this is a powerful quote to me. And it, a lot of people don't know that Rockefeller did, did quite a bit in regards to endowments and foundations and helping, uh, you know, different universities. Um, and so, you know, I, I think this really should be the key to why, why we, we search for that investment to make more money so that we can give back. So I think with that caveat, the next uh, quote is kind of tongue-in-cheek, and it's by Napoleon Hill from Think and Grow Rich. And he mm-hmm. says, mm-hmm. Quick riches are more dangerous than poverty. Quick riches are more, are more dangerous than poverty. Yeah. Okay. And I think you can read into that a couple different ways. Um, mm-hmm. So what would be your first reaction to that quote? You know, the first thing that popped into my head was all of the lottery winners. Yeah. And I've, I'm somewhat familiar with this, although I haven't done extensive research in this or anything, but uh, if you look at what happens to lottery winners, oftentimes they're worse off than they were before they won the lottery. Yes, Absolutely. And I think there's a lot of reasons for that. Money does some interesting things to people's thinking. Or it's probably more accurate to say that people's thinking does some interesting things to money. Right. Because it's not the money that has the power. Exactly. It's the thinking. And, And the paradigm that we have has everything to do with what we're going to do with the money. So I'm hearing also from you, David, that especially from the first quote, that there has to be some kind of a higher purpose right. in seeking the money in the first place. And if there's not, then I can imagine, and maybe you can help us out with this, help us to understand this. If there's not a higher purpose to it, then you're going to be looking for uh, some kind of a phenomenal rate of return without a full understanding of what values being created in the process or how you contribute to that value production. I think those are two key points you bring up. And for me, this quote, quick riches, should be preceded by the pursuit of quick riches are more dangerous than poverty. And and secondly, as you say, when you're looking at an investment, uh, you have to look at who is involved and the principles that you're dealing with or you know the character of the people and the type of business they're in. And, and in my past experience, I had you know, many clients that were uh, averse to investing in any company or mutual fund, let's say, that, that had holdings and say 
you know, gambling or you know, anything uh, of a questionable nature. Mm-hmm. And so I think that should also apply to, you know, to who, who you're considering as an invest, you know, as an investor. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think, first of all, um, I, I want to talk about what an investment should be comprised of and the type okay. of return that you should expect on an investment. Mm-hmm. And, and to give you that background, you know, with any investment, it's really based on, you know, simple economics. And I'll, I'll you know, try to be as brief and simple as possible. But, but with, with investments, there is a, a huge supply of money uh, that, is, that is possessed by either institutions, so groups that specifically are set up to invest in either projects or, you know, new investments, Mm-hmm. And there's also another group, uh, you know, of private investors as well. And we can talk about that after the break. Let's, I'm, I'm intrigued to put this together and, and find out more about this anatomy of an investment. Let's come right back to that after this break. This is Kirk Weasler to tell you about morebetterbooks.com. Morebetterbooks.com is where you can find more better books for a more better life. Not only that, let me tell you about some of the very fun and cool select titles on morebetterbooks.com. You'll want to get a copy of The Dog Poop Initiative. This best-smelling book could change your life forever. It certainly changed the lives of thousands of Boeing employees as well as school teachers, parents, leaders across the United States and in Israel and in Germany. And you can get your own copy at morebetterbooks.com. Whoa, that's not all. What about The Cookie Thief? This classic tale told in a rhyming format, fully illustrated with very fun hidden messages. Pick up a copy now today on morebetterbooks.com. Other great titles there, Finding Your Pathway to Mastery, Beyond Illusions, Make It Great. These titles are only available on morebetterbooks.com. Go to morebetterbooks.com today and begin to have a more better life and live that life on purpose. If the pile of books you want to read is growing faster than the pile you have read, then Abundant Reading Systems can help you. After taking Abundant Reading Systems course, I dramatically increased my ability to expand my knowledge in a much more efficient way. My fastest test today was in 7,000 words per minute. I highly recommend this program from what I've seen it do for other people who've been through the entire program and from what I've seen in myself today. I've teamed up with Abundant Reading Systems to offer a single-day intensive speed reading workshop that will at least double your reading speed, guaranteed. This belief started to grow inside of me that I thought, oh, I can really do this. I can read you know, as fast as I let myself read and uh, ended up doubling my time, my speed reading time, which was really good. This is David Hinton, founder of Abundant Reading Systems. I want to personally invite you to join us for our next event. Visit AbundantReadingSystems.com now. Abundant Reading Systems, reading at the speed of imagination. Okay, I'm a little, I'm a little nervous here, David, because you said the word economics, <laughs> and half of the audience just fell asleep. They just shut off. Yeah, they turned off the podcast. Now economics, 
Economics can be extremely invigorating and intriguing. And we're going to try to keep this all on a level that makes sense yeah, to the common I, person. To, go ahead. I no, no, I, I'll, I'll keep that uh, very brief. But I, I wanted to talk about that because it's important to understand um, if you see an investment that offers a rate of return that is over a certain amount, then there should be a few warning um, warning mm. flags that pop up. And I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to make it very succinct. Okay. And, and practical as to why that, you know, why you should feel that way. So one of the quotes, another quick quote to start the session is, uh, this is an anonymous quote, but greed is wanting something for nothing. Okay. Okay. And I see exactly where you're going with this. And, and the last quote that you shared before the break about how, what was it again? Quick riches. Quick riches are more dangerous than poverty. Are more dangerous than poverty. And I and I and I also, you know, I said the pursuit of quick riches. I mean, I think uh-huh. I would actually add that preceding. Right. Uh, and so, and I, you know, it's kind of funny, Doctor Paul. It seems as if I don't know what it is about our culture here in Utah, but there is somewhat of a phenomenon that mm. people are drawn to, you know, the quick quick score, mm-hmm. the quick buck, the quick riches. And it's probably not just a Utah thing. No, I know, no. I know we've got uh, listeners all over the place, but that's true. you and I are going to be more familiar with those who are right here in our neighborhood. Right. Uh, but yeah, I think, I think that there are sometimes groups or, or uh, cohorts of, of people who's, I, I think of it as the bandwagon effect. Yes. You know, and they're looking for, I think ultimately they're looking for freedom. They're looking for freedom from the drudgeries of life, freedom to do and be and have the things that they want to do and be and have. And sometimes an opportunity presents itself and you see this rate of return. Yep. And it looks like, oh, there's an easy way for me to get what I want. And and that's the risk, I think. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. That's the allure. That's what what draws people into it. And you said something, though. You said over a certain level, you know, a rate of return over a certain level. Kiyosaki talks about this, too. He talks about how there are, there are many, many different kinds of investments. And many of them, anybody can get into. And they typically have a lower rate of return. So anybody can go down to the bank, for example, and get a CD. Right. Okay? It's got a low rate of return, relatively speaking. There are other investments that may have a higher rate of return, but not everybody can get into those. And he talks about a concept called the qualified investor. Yes. And uh, this is at least, and I better shut up soon and let you just talk because you know more about this than I do. But my understanding of that is that some of these higher rates of return tend to be more risky. In other words, if you invest in this, there is a higher probability than in the lower uh, return investments no, that, that you could lose it. That's exactly right. And, okay. and, you know, one of my other favorite quotes is by Warren Buffett. And he says, uh, risk comes from no, not knowing what you're doing. And so that's really the bottom line. That's right. And so with, with investments, and like you said, I want to I focus on the bank 
you know, you can go to a bank and get a CD or, or a money market savings account. And that has a rate of return, maybe now, you know, four, three to 4%. And that, you know, that's probably one of the, the, the places with the least amount of risk, at least implied. I'm sure there's risk that the bank could fail. Uh, but most of these banks are very highly rated. And so that also translate to investments. So if you have an investment that's offering you a rate of return, let's say of anywhere over 36% a year, number one, why would they offer that rate of return? You have to ask yourself that question because Mm -hmm. if they were in the position, they could probably go borrow it from a bank and get it for anywhere from 8 to 12%. Okay. And so are they doing it out of the good of their heart? And that, that could be the case. I mean, that, that if you get to know them and they feel like they want to add value by you, mm-hmm. you know, putting money with them, that, that could be a factor. But it comes down to the ability to get money for a certain rate uh, from either institutions or banks or private investors if you have a good enough product, you can usually get a, a, a loan or an investment for anywhere from you know, 10 to 24% a year on the cost mm-hmm. of money. Mm-hmm. And so you, you need to ask yourself, if you're not an, a qualified investor, let's talk about that for a second, what a qualified investor is. Okay. Uh, let's start with accredited. Accredited investor is someone who's making more than $250,000 a year, essentially. And it's got to be over a couple of years. It can't just be one year based on the SEC's definition. Okay. And the, and the another uh, definition would be to have a minimum net worth of a million dollars, which excludes your primary residence. And the reason that's mm. important is because if you were to invest and you were to lose that capital, you would be able to rebound and have the ability to come back from that. Mm. So, so that, that's, that's really the, the key for the SEC. And that's why an accredited investor is not protected as much as say a non-accredited investor would be. So, so the ability to rebound, what that implies is that you are not dependent on this investment. Yes. For your livelihood or even for your continued lifestyle. Exactly. For the most part. Exactly. Okay. And, uh, as a, as a, a, a banker and investment advisor, one of the main things that I have to do is to, get to know my client. Mm-hmm. Uh, KYC is the, is the acronym that they use in the industry. Know your customer. And that mm-hmm. involves knowing what their goals are, what their risk tolerance is, and where their money's at. And we, mm-hmm. we would typically never tell someone to put more than maybe 20% of their, of their investment into, into one thing just because mm-hmm. of the fact that if they don't control it, then there's a possibility of, of uh, you know, risks. Mm-hmm. And if they were to lose that, and let's say they had put everything into it, obviously that would be much more catastrophic. Mm-hmm. Right. And catastrophic if they were to lose their investment and had no means other than that right. to cover their daily living expenses, for example, or to to continue to move forward with their business operations. Exactly, yeah. And that's why it would look catastrophic. Now, David, you know me well enough to know that I I uh, talk about abundance. Absolutely. And that there's enough end to spare out there. And that there's <laughs> and always I, there an is. answer. 
In fact, we're going to get to some answers here in just a little bit too, because I know that there's going to be listeners out there who have gotten into situations maybe uh, out of a lack of knowledge or they didn't do enough diligence. Right. Um, so we're going to address that too. Would you talk just a little bit more about what it is you're looking for? What are some of the questions that people need to be asking up front? I think we've addressed a few, but well, well, one of the first things for me is uh, character. I mean that 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 is the overriding uh, number one thing is the character of the person that you're involved in, that you're involved with. So, mm. uh, you know, from a surface level, it's hard to get to know someone just based on a few meetings and interviews. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, two things I think that are important and uh, number one is is to do something that's very practical and easy to do and that's just a background check mm-hmm. if, if you're looking to invest with a company do, do a, an easy background check on the on the people that are involved in the company and the company itself mm-hmm. and then that can that can uh, you know tell you if there are any any you know red flags that are, are evident or apparent and if there's not that, I mean, that's the first step just to see that you're covered in that regard. Mm-hmm. And then I think the second step is to ask for references and get to know people that they've done business with, uh, whether it's mm-hmm. a bank uh, or, you know, customers and get to know them for a while, you know, like a, like a courtship with, you know, in dating, I think you get to, mm-hmm. you need to get to know the potential uh, investment opportunity and get to know them on mm-hmm. more than just a surface level in the first couple of meetings. Can I comment about this? Because there's a, there's a principle here that we haven't expressly brought out. Because you're talking about doing some due diligence exactly. on people, on individuals. And you said companies too, but companies are just people. Right, right. And, and it comes down to people. When you put your money with another Person, or if you put it into an investment, let's just go there for a minute. You put it into an investment, okay? And we talk about it that way sometimes. Where is that money actually going? It's going into the hands of another person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and in doing that, here's what you're doing. You are saying, in essence, that person can be a better steward of this money than I can. Exactly. Right that That is the key. Yeah, that's a very good observation. So knowing who it is that you're giving it to is crucial. And that's part of the due diligence that you would have to do. You said things like character, integrity. Um, is this person trustworthy? Okay. Now, let's go back to those two different kinds of investments. There are some of the more private, higher risk, potentially higher return investments. There are some of the more generally accessible investments like those that you can get through a bank. It seems to me that when you have, when you have an institution like a bank, it's still people who are handling that money. Yes. Uh, But it's, it's maybe easier to, what am I looking for here, David? Uh, to discover. To, yeah, there's so much more public knowledge right. on the bank because the bank is probably publicly traded. Mm-hmm. There's there's specific reporting they have to do with the SEC, mm-hmm. uh, you know, every quarter, and so they're they're 
they're giving you their you know their returns and their uh, their numbers although those can be uh, doctored as well as we've seen in Enron and now you know mm-hmm. recently with AOL Time Warner that's right but but the, but, but there is just a, a general you know higher level of uh, comfort with those mm-hmm. types of groups. we'll pick it up again as we get right back Jay Larson, IdeaOrbit.com, with the World of Ideas Report. Traffic is more accurately defined as people. People are coming and going. They are entering and leaving. They are waiting and hurrying. It would be worth a great deal to business owners that deal with people traffic to understand why they are coming and going, what causes them to stay or leave, and more to the point, what causes them to buy when they are there. Loyal Pennings is a nightclub owner from California. He had an idea that could change business for anyone interested in the traffic caused by people. He calls his device the Wickler. The Wickler is a wireless headcount clicker. But that is just the beginning. As people enter his bars, the Wickler not only keeps track that they entered, but it knows how long they stayed, when they ordered, what they ordered, what music was playing when they ordered, and even all the circumstances of the club when they left. The Wickler is attached to an online database where Pennings can look at the data and make powerful decisions about how to run his club. The Wickler is now being made available for anyone needing to know a little more about the traffic that graces their businesses. The Wickler truly is an idea for and about people. This is Shay Larson, IdeaOrbit.com, with the World of Ideas Report. I've got a great idea. Wouldn't you like to know? You're probably... This is Dr. Paul, the shrink who expands your life. I'm so glad that you've joined me for the Live on Purpose podcast. Please visit my website, drpaul.org. There you can subscribe to my weekly e-zine, Empower. Browse the events page to get connected with what's coming up or pick up some CDs or other great products. I also want to point you toward our sponsors, creationtreecoaching.com and producerretreats.com. Okay, David, we're going to have a problem today, and it's a common problem on this show. We've got more to talk about than we have time to talk. I can't believe how fast those 12 minutes went. I want to commit to our listeners that we're going to spend the whole last section of today's show on some practical stuff about what, what can I do if I've already made some poor decisions in the okay. past and, okay. and pick your brain about what directions they can go with it. Excellent. But let's let's spend the next few minutes... Um, more fully kind of describing what this anatomy of an investment is. We've talked about, it's not, well, here, here's the way, here's the Dr. Paul spin on it, okay? It's not an investment. It's a person to whom you are entrusting something that you've already been entrusted with. 
And to give that to them, if you give your money to them, you're saying, hey, I think you can be a better steward of this than I can. And you better have enough knowledge to have some comfort in saying that before you give it to them. Yes. Okay, another question, and I'm just going to put this out there and let you run with it. Another question that seems extremely relevant to me is, what are they going to do with it when I give it to them? What kind of value do they propose to create for other people, which will bring in the kinds of returns that they're promising to me? And maybe maybe their plan is they're going to go sell drugs to junior high kids. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Do you want to run with that one just a little bit yeah. as far as the value proposition? I, I think the value proposition is is absolutely key because, uh, first of all, you, you need to know what their plans are. And in order to do that, you've got to see an executive summary or business plan, uh, depending on the investment and or mm. the history of what they've done in the past. And so, as you, as you mentioned earlier, uh, history is integral and you need to be able to see that they've done it before if not then it truly is a startup and with any startup as i mentioned to you uh before we started you know you, you are not a venture capital firm and venture capital firms look at thousands of new companies and they might fund one percent of those companies they look at and of the one percent they're looking for one to two of those, you know, maybe uh, 10 to 20% of those hitting a home run, mm. as it were. And then the rest are probably going to burn and uh, maybe be mediocre. But because of those one to two that they choose, they're going to make a good rate of return. And so us as just an average investor, if someone approaches us and we don't have the expertise, you know, statistically we're starting off with, with, you know, with, with those odds. And so in order to mitigate that, you need to know the person and know what they're doing with the money and be able to see what they've done in the past. When you said executive summary and business plan, that's another place where people kind of gloss over. Absolutely. They get glossy eyed and you know what they said this, so I'm just going to trust them. And uh, they don't they don't really read it. And then another thing, Dr. Paul, that I can't stress enough is before you put any significant money into an investment, talk to other people. Talk to mm -hmm. other people that you know that, that you know that have that have an abundant mindset, you know, that aren't closed minded, but that can look at it from a different perspective. And that could mm -hmm. be you know, an attorney that you know, a financial advisor. Someone that runs a business that's been in, you know, maybe in that industry that they're, that they're in any information mm -hmm. you can, you can get is going to be, uh, you know, an ounce of prevention versus mm -hmm. the could be hundreds of pounds of cure down the road. Mm, that's right. So this implies some knowledge that, that would be helpful for you to obtain before you make this investment decision. Right. And you said during the break, David, that, um, people really need to become familiar and comfortable with the B quadrant, with the business quadrant before they can even get to the I quadrant or the investor quadrant. How am I going to evaluate a business who is claiming that they can create this, this rate of return for me unless I'm able to really kind of 
examine their business structure and their plan for what they're going to do with this money once that I once I give it to them. And if it, it's really tempting, especially okay, let's go back to what you said earlier about the quick, the quick riches versus being more yeah, dangerous a, than the a poverty. A fool and his money are quickly parted. Right, that's the kind <laughs> of the famous quote. That's right. <laughs> and when you're seeking for some kind of a high return and you're looking for the easy way out or something for nothing, then you're also going to be very likely to listen to the spiel that these guys are giving you and say, well, they seem to know what they're doing. Yes. And you have no idea if they know what they're doing. They just seem to know what they're doing because they're using all of these fancy words or whatever. PowerPoints, right? right. They got, they got, (laughs) there's a joke that, goes around a little bit in my circles about what an expert is. Uh-huh. An expert is a, a guy from out of town with a box of slides. <laughs> and that's a little sad, you know, to think of it. How often do we just trust people because they look good? And we Way really, too often. we really don't know enough about them personally and about their business. But there's, you know, it brought another thing to mind, David, a sense of urgency. And my dad gave me this counsel before. If I would have followed this counsel in a number of situations, I wouldn't be in some of the positions that I've found myself in, yeah. in these learning opportunities that I've had. And he said, if someone makes it seem urgent, it's not a good deal. No, that's true. It is true. That's probably the number one. You know, it's like the typical car salesman approach where, what can we do today to get you into this car? That's right. And, and it creates this pressure or stress that, you know, you, you don't want to mm-hmm. let them down or you, or you feel, you know, the external pressure. And so I think that is a interesting, mm-hmm. a human, uh, you know, sure folly. <laughs> well, it creates the urgency or the scarcity. If you wait till tomorrow, this opportunity will not be here anymore. Right. It's a red flag. Yeah. And then just think how many opportunities you see the next month that come your way. Oh, yeah. And where did this one come from? Right. I mean, it just popped into your life today. Exactly. So so getting rid of the sense of urgency, remember to stay in an abundant mindset. An abundant mindset says there's going to be a lot of opportunities come my way. I can take my time to really do the diligence to find out what I need to find out. Who is this person? What are they going to be doing with this money? And do they have a solid plan? Yeah, and again, you know, maybe it's just a side note. I I, I want to say that high returns are possible. It, it is not something that is physically impossible to do. And you know, Warren Buffett and you know some of the greats have have demonstrated that. But but the key is is uh, being in control for them and knowing what they're doing. So if you're handing your money over to someone that you don't know well then the odds are just going to go up that you're going to have uh, something that's not going to go as well as planned. And so you need to prepare for that. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, Just to give a little context here too, uh, you and I have had a number of conversations and really we have have interestingly parallel lives. Yeah. (laughs) And we're totally different industries, but we've had some interesting experiences. And David, you and I have both had investments that have paid off just enormously well. Yes. And we have both got investments that have just 
tanked. Dogs. <laughs> exactly. And so I wanted to share that with with our listeners because this isn't just philosophy for you and me. Right. This is some stuff that we're being taught through our life experiences. David, you have training and experience and even licensure in the area of finance and investments and uh, you know this stuff and you still get to learn from your experience. It's amazing having the training that I have and, and making some of the mistakes that I made. And we've talked about those mistakes and, uh, it's, you know, it, hindsight is 2020, but, uh, uh, you know, I think it, it's created for me a much more powerful ability to, uh, you know, help people and, and understand from a personal experience what you can do if something does go bad. And I, we'll, we'll talk about it in the next segment, but, mm-hmm. but there are definitely, there's hope. There's things that we can do, uh, you know, to, to rebound from anything that might happen. What a valuable experience it can be for you oh, if yeah. you, if you allow it to be. And so some of these, uh, you talk about some of the mistakes. Do you feel like you've learned anything from your mistakes? You know, <laughs> I'd sure hope so. And another, <laughs> another quote I have here, I, I was looking at some quotes, uh, for the last week here. And, uh, this one's, uh, kind of tongue in cheek, but it's anonymous again. And it says, if you think education is expensive, try ignorance. Oh yeah. You know, and, uh, Mm -hmm. the tuition that I've paid over the last year uh, in a monetary figure has has been pretty high, but I, I'm, I'm absolutely grateful for the education that has brought me Mm -hmm. and the, and the the ability to have that happen to me now in this Mm -hmm. time of my life in my mindset. Well, even the fact that we're having this discussion, I've, we were kind of joking during the break also about, uh, wouldn't it be great to have this discussion two years ago? Oh, but yeah. David, you and I couldn't have had this discussion no. two years ago because we hadn't covered the turf. Now, ignorant people or foolish people, let's put it that way, foolish people fail to learn from their own mistakes. Yes, yeah. Smart people... Learn from their mistakes. That's exactly right. Truly wise people learn from others' mistakes. <laughs> I wish I was in that category. <laughs> okay. But, well, you know, we are where yeah, we are. We will but be. <laughs> aren't you learning from other people's mistakes, too? I am. Yeah. Because you look at your own package, and this is sure. this is a perspective thing. You know, your own pr- package always seems extraordinary to you. Well, of course it does, because it's yours. Right. But you can always find someone who has a bigger problem yeah. than you have, don't you? <laughs> That's um, true. And, and so you can always learn from the mistakes of other people. I think our having this discussion here today is just an example of how you take your life's experience. And if you can find a way to use your life experience to bless the lives of other people, how cool is that? And not only are you going to help yourself in doing so, you can't help someone else without helping yourself. But you're going to be able to help to liberate other people who can then go out and help other people beyond that. So any of these mistakes that you've made, and those of you who are out there listening with regrets and wishing like Dave and I that you'd had this discussion two years ago, don't worry about that for a second. Let's just take your experience now and start to leverage it. We'll be right back.
Hi, this is Jason Adams, one of the co-founders of CashflowParadigm.com. We created Cashflow Paradigm as a way to help others look at money differently. What are your beliefs about money? Is it good or bad? Many people have beliefs that limit their control over money and don't even realize it. The thing most people don't realize is that their beliefs about money greatly affect the amount of money and prosperity they have. It's all about your paradigm. Come play a fun game with us called Cashflow 101 created by best-selling author Robert Kiyosaki. Come meet new people and check your paradigm as we learn principles that govern our personal and financial lives while having fun together. Currently, we are holding monthly game nights in Provo and St. George, Utah. Go to our website at www.cashflowparadigm.com to register for upcoming events. That's www.cashflowparadigm.com. This is Dr. Paul. You've heard me talk about a lot of things on this show, and I've interviewed some pretty amazing guests. I love what I do, and one of the nearest things to my heart is my role as a husband and father. I've worked a lot with others who place a strong emphasis on family, and I feel this is my primary purpose, to help others save and enrich their key relationships. It's in this spirit that I invite you parents to join me for a free weekly dose of parental power. Register for this free teleconference at drpaul.org or send me an email at drpaul at creationtreecoaching.com. You will receive an email with the call-in number and access code. The calls are live every Tuesday morning from 1130 to 12 o'clock Mountain Time. I'd love to be part of your parenting team. Okay, home stretch. And as promised, in this segment of the program, you will receive some powerful and compelling advice about what to do if you've already made a bad investment or two or six or however many it is. And if you've jumped on one of those bandwagons and you find yourself downstream now in a place where you didn't ever want to be, it's like my driving example. Okay, You're out driving, you get lost in your thoughts, you miss your exit, and you find yourself in a place where you did not want to be. Didn't, don't want to be here. I hate this place. Okay, look down whose hands are on the wheel. That's the first step. Take the wheel. Okay, and it's an acknowledgement that I am where I am because I drove here. And that's okay. It can be a little embarrassing. It can. Be, I've gone through this myself, David. You know, as oh, I meet yeah. with my financial advisors and I'm oh, like, yeah. uh, here's this one. <laughs> You know, I lay it out. And and you're so, embarrassed to even present it. Exactly. Well, and sometimes I don't get very helpful responses. Right. Oh, you shouldn't have done that. Duh. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm with you. Okay, what are we going to do about it now? Right. So get your own hands squarely on the wheel. Refuse to be a victim. The fact that you've made these choices is okay. It's all right. Yeah. And just like, you know, David and I having this discussion today... Figure out what to do with it, how to bless your own life and the lives of other people because you've had this experience. Okay, those are all general things. And keep breathing. 
That's key. Just in and out regularly yeah. every day. Yeah, I've had personal experience and and Dr. Pai, you know, we we've talked about we've talked about this a lot, but the the first thing, the first reaction uh is a visceral reaction, and that's mm-hmm. to just flip out and, you know, you probably go through those, you know, fear symptoms of your body shaking and mm-hmm. Uh, you know the the stress symptoms and 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 if Gloom you think and about doom, yeah thinking, if you think about it that's the exact opposite reaction that you need to have because you need mm-hmm. to be able to think clearly and mm-hmm. positively because those other adverse negative reactions are only going to exacerbate the situation and that's so right. so if you haven't noticed I'm kind of a quote guy and here's another one by I love uh, the quotes. by Kiyosaki. And uh, this kind of leads into what we're talking about, but it says, in, in most cases, when, when people make more money, they get deeper in debt. Mm-hmm. That is why money alone does not make you rich. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know if, if most people have either heard of the richest man in Babylon. Mm-hmm. And uh, very, very simple advice. And that's just, mm-hmm. you know, you need to... Spend less than you make. That's that's a math problem, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so bring in more than, yeah. Okay, but 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 then but the other side of that coin is the abundance that we've talked about, and being able to know that, you know, I'm not, I am not restricted by that as well. So I think there's a happy mm-hmm. medium. Mm-hmm. But I want to talk specifically about an investment. If if you've made what you think is a poor decision and the investment is not performing. And number one, uh, in my mind, is what you can do to help. Mm. Not what they can do, but what you can do to help. And the investment could be real estate. It could be uh, a security of some kind, or it could be a mutual, you know, mutual fund might be harder, but if, if it's a business or something that, you know, you know the person, then you need to figure out what you can do to help them either get your money back if you're looking for that or, or to make a better return. And specifically, uh, you know, if they need help marketing or if they need help uh, with other projects, just, just ask them and be open. I think that's the first thing that I would look at. And I know you've had experience with that as well. I, I have. And I have counseled and coached people on both ends of that. People who are coming in and they're just freaking out because their investments have tanked. Right. And high, highly uh, successful achieving businessmen and women who have investors. And for whatever reason, they've run into some cash flow issues or there's a uh, some kind of a shutdown in the productivity of their business. I remember this from when I used to work at a, at a factory. Mm-hmm. And uh, sometimes when they would install a new line or a new machine in the factory, we'd have to shut down production right. for a while. We're not actually putting product out the door at that point. But we're gearing up to be in a better position to put out more in the future. And sometimes, especially if you're in one of these, uh, one of these more direct kinds of investment where you're directing, directly investing in a company, and it's not a mutual fund or something that's right. that's watered down a little more through through other hands. There will be a lot more ups and downs, and 
for you to ride out the downs in a way that keeps you squarely on board with the person in whom you have invested. Okay, forget about this whole company idea. It's a person. And that person may be experiencing some challenges that make it hard to put the product out the door right now. Right. How much do you understand about what's going on? And for those of you who have investors, talk to them. That's Keep key. the communication yeah. open. E- even if it's just a call, there's no new news, but I want to let you know that I'm thinking about you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, just to reassure them that that's huge. And that we're still working on this. Yes. And And then if you are the investor, what can I do to help? What can I do to support you? Because think about it. If they go belly up, so does your money. Yes. If they get back on their feet and resume production, you get your returns back. Right. Okay? It can be that simple. But it's an interpersonal, it's a human experience. And let's quit depersonalizing our investments because it's a person. Yeah, and I think that also ties into our litigious nature as a country and our quickness to leap into lawsuits and and you know i th- i think honestly there there's a time and place for that i mean as a disclaimer you know sure and we're not giving no legal advice official yeah. legal advice exactly. is not offered on this program but but i think that should really be your last resort and you know only if there's gross negligence or other things but you know, do everything in your power to help. So think about this for a minute. Let's say that the things are going are going badly because the person that you chose to invest with is a crook. Okay. Okay. He he is out there to take and steal and rob and plunder, and he took away your money. Okay. Now you're ticked off and you want to get it back. That's possible, right? What that means is maybe you didn't do enough diligence up front to find out about who this person is. Right. So learn from that, and then you may want to go sue him. Official legal advice is... (laughs) (laughs) Remember, we're just having a discussion Uh, here. You're not getting financial or legal advice. We're just trying to get you thinking. We're just talking. Okay, now what if... What if that person, you, you do trust this person. This person has character and integrity. You know it, and you felt it when you put your money with them, and, and you believe in their cause, okay? And now it's not performing, all right? Well, help me to understand how demanding payment is going to help in this case. Exactly. <laughs> I, and that's the point. Yeah, if I, this yeah. person has the character and integrity that, that you thought that they did when you invested with right. them, and they still have it now, but they're running into some shortfalls, what's the possibility that they want to pay you? They, Be- very high. Absolutely. Yeah. And if they had the means, they would. So how's it going to help to go demand that they pay you yeah. when they already want to? And And so the next step we need to talk about is what you can do for yourself. Mm-hmm. And and we've talked about that many times and enabling yourself to, uh, you know, make that money back up again and twice and three times and be able to make, create income and, and value for other people and yourself. And through, I, through how, through applying your personal 
skills. Exactly, your unique ability. And your unique ability. Yeah, how can you go out there and start creating value and, and through your own production bring about a return? Yes. And th- and that and that would just uh, you know be a a rolling boulder that will gain size, and then you can then reach out and help others, and it, it will just be a you know a, a chain reaction. Of there's one thing that you cannot afford to lose. Okay, you can you can lose your money. All right, people do it all the time. In fact, the most successful people have at some point lost money. Right? Yes. Everybody that inspires me has. So that gives me some comfort. But the one thing you cannot afford to lose in this whole process is your human life value, your character, your integrity, your unique abilities, your talents, your skills, your interests, your passions, your dreams. Don't lose those. Sometimes people lose their money and then they lose all of that too. They, they go into a shell that they never recover from. You're right. I've seen it quite a few times. And then what effect does that have on our yeah. economy? Yeah, it's a... Uh, well, David, we've covered a lot of ground. And I hope that some of what we've talked about for you listeners has been useful and that you'll be able to take some of this and get thinking about the situation that you're in. Share it with somebody that you know is in that kind of a situation. David, if people want to just connect with you or ask you some questions or something like that, you have an email address that you'd be willing yeah, to share with us? Yeah, I would be audience? happy to. I Feel free to email me. Uh, my email is D-A-V-S-O-P-E-R at Gmail. So D-A-V-S-O-P-E-R at Gmail.com. Yeah, yep. And you accept spam as well? <laughs> <laughs> you can use that, you guys, to contact Dave if you have. Maybe, maybe put uh, you know Dr. Paul in the title or something. <laughs> and then I'll definitely open it so that it gets through your filter system. Exactly. Huh? Well, I sure appreciate that you've been on the show here with us today. It's We've been a pleasure. I appreciate the time. Uh, these kinds of issues are not going to go away soon. No. And as I look at the economic indicators now, I try not to listen to the news too much because they're telling me things that, first of all, I don't believe. And second of all, I don't think it's very useful. Um, but there are a lot of indicators that there will be some challenging economic times for some period yet to come. And however long that, that lasts, all we know is that we're going to continue to have challenges from time to time. What can I do about it? What can I do to make this better? Don't go into your victim shell. Take hold of that steering wheel and drive your life and live it on purpose. I think that's the main message we have today. huh? Thank you, Dr. Paul. Thank you, David Soper. And thanks, everybody else, for listening in today. We will catch you on our next episode of Live on Purpose Radio. 